Hey sis, this episode is a tad bit different from the other ones. So you remember in season one where I said that I would give you some episodes and I would kind of title it in the thick of it because I wanted to share my feelings as I was going through certain things. Well, today is that very first episode. It's not, I didn't plan I didn't plan it in this order, let me say that. I didn't plan it in this order. I'd actually planned on releasing another episode that a lot of people had asked me about. But as the Lord would have it or as luck would have it, call it what you will. (laughs) But um, I'd spent all weekend working on two podcast episodes and I could have sworn I had saved them. I written. I really could have sworn I saved them. And one of my programs popped up on a laptop saying that it needed to restart. I'm thinking that it's saying it just needs to close that particular application, not that the entire laptop needs to restart. So of course, when I press the restart button, everything disappears and all that good work that I had done over the last six hours had basically disappeared. Now, the good thing is there was a point where it saved some of the information so I didn't have to start completely from scratch. However, this episode was the only one that was prepared and that is because I decided to make this one just the raw episode so I didn't do any edits to this one. This is my feelings as I'm feeling them. This is my words with all of the ums and you knows and so's and all of that good stuff in there. But I just wanted to share my emotions in the moment. Hey, hey. This is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations Surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known. Maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. To my existing subscribers, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. And to any new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that after today's episode that we can become friends. So please make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. So today I have been in a a state of reflection, and I just kind of wanted to talk about it and get some thoughts out. I believe that for most of us, this pandemic has been very eye-opening for us. It's shown us places where we may have been on autopilot. 
it's shown us maybe places that we have neglected in our lives, be it our health, family, job, careers, whatever it is. I've noticed that a lot of people have changed their careers. I've seen that a lot of people have become entrepreneurs. I've seen that a lot of people have said, you know what, I really don't like my job (laughs) and therefore I'm going to do something else. And unfortunately, another part that I've noticed about that too is that I have seen a lot of relationships fall by the wayside. I've seen a lot of divorces. I've seen a lot of people just call it quits. And unfortunately, I am in the number of one of those people that called it quits. And that's what I wanted to talk about today is not necessarily the the pandemic and divorce per se, but just the after effects of it all, the the loneliness of divorce. I feel like in some instances, it seems that divorce is kind of glamorized, like people don't really, like it's almost like a, a good riddance kind of thing, like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. And well, I'm just about to go here and I'm gonna live my best life. But I don't think anybody really talks about that in-between phase of it all. The in-between phase of maybe the separation to the divorce or even the phase and that, that gap after the divorce when you're making the adjustment to go back to this life that maybe you have not known for quite some time. And in my case, a life that I have not known for eight and a half, nine years. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today is that the loneliness of divorce is very, very different. And I have no idea when this, when this, um, I have no idea when I will release this episode, but I did want to make sure that if nothing else, that I recorded this episode while I am in the process of kind of of working my way through this. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get through this and then record, but I actually wanted to do this in real time and this is my real time. So um, I'm recording this on Juneteenth. Juneteenth is when I'm recording this. Now, when this will air, I have no idea, but currently today is Juneteenth. <laughs> but um, so going back to what I was saying as far as the loneliness of divorce, for me, this is very, this is very different. For one, I never thought in my wildest dreams that the word divorce would come out of my mouth. That's number one, because I am certainly one of those people that's like, yo, once I say I do, that's it. <laughs> we we stuck. We gonna make it work. We gonna do whatever we gotta do to make this thing happen, to survive the waves and, and do all of those things. But yet here I am. So maybe in another episode I'll I'll get to how I how I came to that conclusion because I am the one who filed. But as far as the loneliness aspect of it, it's so new to me because I have never been in this space before. And what I mean by that is 
sure i've i've dated people and we've um and we've broken up i mean we've all gone through our share of heartbreaks and and all of those things but this one is different well number one of course because i was married number two this is the longest relationship that i have that i've ever been in so before my marriage my longest relationship was uh maybe a year if that for for the most part and so not only that during the time that um the separation started during the time that the divorce was initiated we had moved to an entirely different place so not only am i going through a separation slash divorce at the time I'm also in a new state, I'm in a new city, therefore I'm not around any family, I'm not around any friends. We're in the dead heat of a pandemic, therefore it's not like you can just go out here and and just be socializing everywhere because you know, we have this real threat that no one can see that's a very big deal and not only that in addition to that I'm also in a totally different job position that I've ever been in and we're working from home so now I'm in this new position that I need to learn the ins and out of but we're working from home I don't work best um, in in an environment where I can't see you. I'm kind of one of those teach one, do one. So if I can see you do it, if I can listen to you do it, if I can watch you do it, then from there, I'm good to go and you can just let me be. But in the environment that we were in, I didn't have that opportunity. And so therefore now I have to pick up this new skill and this new technique in an entirely different way and you know we're kind of on these zoom like conference calls and everything was just different and it was just like transition after transition after transition after transition and then you add in the um you add in the separation in which now I'm in this house by myself, again, without the the regular support that I'm used to, and now there's silence. And granted, typically, I don't mind silence because I am an introvert. Now, there are situations where I I do take on more of those, um, you know, those extrovert type tendencies, but my recharge is in the silence. But there comes a time when that silence is extremely loud. And for me to go from being with someone in a house, basically, because again, we've, by the time we had moved, we've been in this pandemic for seven months when we had moved. So you go from being in a house with someone 24-7, I am naturally a little bit more quiet my husband was uh, more loud more hype certainly an extrovert at heart 
And now that he's no longer there, there's silence. And that took quite a bit for me to get used to. And I was actually surprised by how much it took me to get used to the silence because you used to like I used to beg almost for silence I was like oh my god all this noise all this all that but now when you have silence 24-7 and there's nothing around you but memories because I'm I'm still in this house that we've moved into so I'm I'm still looking at our our pictures I'm still with the uh, same neighborhood, the neighbors are asking, hey, where, where's your husband? I haven't seen him, you know, all those kinds of things. And when you are in that separation phase, it, it's a very delicate time because you just don't know exactly what is going to happen. You don't know if y'all are actually going to go through with the divorce. You don't know if y'all are going to be able to work it out somehow. You just have no clue whatsoever. And to me, that separation is kind of like a very, a very sensitive time because it's still a a very good time for reflection. And I I certainly think that, um, that couples do have the opportunity to turn their marriage around during separation and plenty of them have. I do think that it's just vastly different for the person who stays in the environment versus the person who leaves the environment. I feel like the one who leaves, they are, they don't have the constant reminders, but then again, who's to say, because maybe the person that leaves, who's to say that they're, they're not asking, Hey, where, where's your spouse at? Or how long you plan to be here? Oh, you seem to be here a whole lot more than you usually are. This is, this is very odd for you. You know, so it's still like at each party still kind of like has their own thing that that they have to deal with. But just kind of going back to that separation part to be to go from being together 24/7 to now being separated to living in this house that you all chose to live in together and still having again all the pictures up still kind of trying to operate the way that you were before and still trying to complete your regular job, not really being able to go out and meet other people, not really sure where to go because again, you're in an entirely new neighborhood. The sense of loneliness that I felt and even sometimes feel today Again, it's unlike anything I have ever experienced in my life. And I am used to moving every three, two, three, four years. I mean, sometimes I just put it on myself and I just be signing up for stuff and I'll be gone to the next place. But even still, when those times when I have chosen to move, I was still working my same position and I was still able to to meet people because, you know, sometimes when you move, you have sponsors, you have people that you're talking to that's, you know, going to meet you at this point and meet you at that point. And they're always connecting you with someone. So that way, when you do get to a new place, 
you don't feel the pressure of being lonely. But when you're married, the concern is not really there because they're like, oh, well, you know, their, their spouse is, is here. They can, they can explore together and all those things. And you don't want to get to this new place where initially you all were together. And then midway through, you all are not together. And you don't even know your coworkers because y'all have been working from home. So you haven't even been able to establish any kind of relationship with these people, any kind of rapport at all with these people. And so if you got divorced or if you got separated during the pandemic Listen, my my heart goes out to you because it's just so different. The the odds are stacked. Usually you can go, you know, um hang out with friends. You can go out to eat. You can go out to lunch, but none of those options were even available. And I think that is what makes this so odd, so weird, so so difficult for you know for this and because we have no children together there's really like sometimes there would be extra communication between a couple like if they have children then you know they're they're figuring out custody they're figuring out how they're going to um, arrange this thing or that thing but my husband and I, we didn't have any kids together. And the only thing that we really had together was a house that we had bought where we previously lived before it. And that was it. But we had already made the decision to sell the house. So after that, there's really not much for you to discuss. So everything was like practically um, extremely abrupt. And then the way that we separated was abrupt. And so it was like everything was just like night and day flip-flop. And, you know, you're always taught. I'm not going to say you're always taught. But, you know, they always say if you're having any issues with your marriage, then you should keep that in-house. Because you want to, I don't know if save the reputation is the correct word, but you you want your family members to still continue to see your spouse in a positive light and so therefore like if you all bounce back you don't want there to be any issues or you know you don't want your family members to be looking at your spouse crazy like "Mm, y'all weren't even together a few months ago so I don't I don't know what's going on here you know kind of thing you don't want those kinds of issues so for the first the first two months, the first two months of our separation, no one knew. I think I had maybe told two friends, you know, just so I could keep myself accountable. And I, I did get a therapist. God bless the fact that I, you know, did get a therapist. But as far as um, family, no family knew. So I spent, um, I spent Thanksgiving by myself I spent Christmas by myself 
and I spent my birthday by myself. But by that time, by my birthday, um, you know, like my parents, I told my parents that we were separated. But for Thanksgiving and Christmas, they had no clue. So then for me to go through the holiday season separated, no one knows except, you know, just a handful of people. Because, again, like I said, you still want people to continue to see your spouse in a positive light. Again, just different, completely different. And I am a holiday person. Like, I love to spend time with family and friends for for the holiday. Because to me, that's just what the holiday means, that you're going to spend time with, with everybody. You're going to joke. You're going to play games. And um, you're going to do all of those things. And for for Thanksgiving, I think I ended up, yeah, I ended up FaceTiming uh, my cousins because we have like a cousin chat. So for every holiday, for birthdays and those kind of things, we all FaceTime, we get together. We have, you know, have like our little laughs for about 10 and 15 minutes and then we go on about our day. But we always make sure that we connect. And for Christmas, I actually did end up going to going to see my my husband's family and ended up spending Christmas with them. But I'm not sure. Well, they knew something was going on. I'm not quite sure if they knew if they knew the whole story. And it's like you go, but you still don't want it to be to be odd. It's just such a it's just such a weird and such a, a a sensitive a sensitive time especially just man I mean pandemic holiday season no family no friends new position like it was like could there be could there be anything else of course there could be something else because then because you know then what one of our one of our family members had gotten extremely sick so now you're dealing with that too so now we've got pandemic new location no family no friends separation during the holidays and then a family member that's sick that that is that's a lot of weight to carry and I truly just thank God that I like didn't lose my mind or flip my wig or start acting real crazy because now that I think about it I I actually could have and probably should have (laughs) just recapsing on everything but for anybody that is where I am for anybody who is currently separated for anyone who is recently divorced Just make sure that you do whatever you can to get you a very good support system. I definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, recommend a therapist. As soon as my husband and I separated, I got a therapist. Like, the next day therapist. And initially, I spoke with her once a week. And as I started to put some things in place, 
it was, you know, every other week or something like that. Once I got my support system in place, I didn't feel the need to talk to her as much. But again, that that support system is crucial because this is not something that you should try to deal with on your own. You should really accept the love and support wherever you can get it. If you can't get it from family, get it from friends. If you can't get it from friends, get it from a therapist. If you can't get it from a therapist, get it from a Facebook support group. I mean, whatever you do, make sure that you get it from somewhere because as you go through this, you're going, it's, it's just going to be key that you are able to process your feelings that you're going to be, that you have the time to think about, do some retrospection, whatever it is that you have to do. If you've got to talk it out, because for me, I get my, I get all of my clarity when I talk things out. Usually I can give myself my own answer the moment I talk it out and I can actually hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, girl, that don't make no sense. Okay, well, you need to go back and uh, rethink this whole thing. But it's not till I've said it out loud and my ears have actually heard it that I'm able to then kind of have some perspective as far as exactly what's going on, where I'm feeling, and what's what this headspace in, the headspace is that I'm in. And that's why also I talk so much about the strong woman because for those of us that were raised, for those of us that take on the mantra of being a strong woman, you will have the tendency to not accept the help. You'll have the tendency to try to carry all of this alone and bear the brunt of this weight on your shoulders. But I'm telling you, sis, this is some heavy weight and you are gonna have to be vulnerable enough to talk to somebody and say, this is what I'm going through. This is where I'm at right now. And this is what I'm feeling right now at this very moment. I don't feel great right now. I don't feel on top of the world. Like there's going to have to be somebody out there that you have just got to be extremely raw, real, and honest with. Like just right there in that moment. Sis, if you got to let some tears fall, you let them fall. Like don't hold all of that in. You have got to release that so that you can start your process of healing because I think the worst thing that a person could do is go through something like this and keep it in for so long that they just allow it to to eat away at them to eat away at their soul and if you have a religious background where your belief is that there is no such thing as divorce and that's what you do, then that's another weight to carry. And I felt guilty for a long time about divorce and like my current walk. 
because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is, this is shunned upon. There's, there's only certain circumstances in which that, um, that you're able to get a divorce and all those things. But I, I just didn't, when I got married, I did not want to be a person who looked for excuses to get out of a marriage. And so for me, even if the worst happened, I would still try my very best to work my way through it. And that was because I had seen so many different videos, read so many books, and I believe that any marriage and any relationship can be redeemed provided that both parties are working towards being better. Now, I do think there is a time when one party can carry the load for both, but it comes to a point where both has to want it for it to ultimately be successful. And that was a struggle a very long time for me was to say, all right, if you do this, if you get this divorce, how is this going to affect your your relationship with God? What is that going to what is that going to look like? How will he think of you? And for those of you that are that may have felt the same way for those of you that may be feeling that way, just know God is loving. And it is, it is the, it's the thread that connects every single book of the Bible. And that is that God is love. God is also a redeemer. And if that's how you're feeling, then be upfront with God. Talk to God. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him, hey, this is where I'm at right now. This is what I think. This is what I'm feeling. And let him show you, let him show you the love that he has for you. Because I promise you, you will feel the love that he has for you. If you let him. We always hear in church all the time that God is a gentleman. And indeed he is. He will not force anything upon you whatsoever. Let him speak to you. Let him lead you. Let him guide you, but I promise you that you will feel the love. And I don't want anybody I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm saying because divorce is very serious. So I don't want anyone to just run out here and be like, oh, I'm out here, I'm about to go do it, I'm about to go do this thing because I've been sick and tired of them anyway. No, 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 no. You have to do all that you can to save your marriage. All that you can. And once you've done all that you can, try again. And once you've done all that you can, and you've tried again, and you've talked to God and you're very clear like follow follow his leading a lot of times we are we're too caught up in our feelings and if I had been caught up in my feelings I probably would have got divorced in 2015 being caught up in my feelings actually no I would have got divorced one year into marriage 
had I been caught up in my feelings. But I prayed, I fasted, I I got the counselor, we got the counselor, we did multiple counselings, we did a lot of things and I feel like we put forth a concerted effort to put our marriage on, on the best ground and the best and the best footing that we could possibly get it. But again, like I said, I'll I'll save I'll save the reason for another day. Maybe I'll just save that for a post in the Facebook group. But I just wanted just to I just wanted to come on and say that if you are currently in this season, if you're in this season of transition, if you're in the season where you are separated or maybe you just got a divorce and you are feeling this overwhelming sense of loneliness, I just want you to know I get it. I I really get it. And the pandemic absolutely did not help the cause <laughs> for anybody. But just know that you are not alone. And if you are trying to do this by yourself, please take this as a confirmation that that is not what you are supposed to do at all. If you have the opportunity, if you have the means, you should absolutely be talking to a therapist. Absolutely. Because you need help processing these emotions you need help reflecting so that you can figure out well how did we get here in the first place because who knows maybe once you start reflecting you can see where it is that you need to take responsibility and then you can go back and determine whether if you make a tweak here or a tweak there then this is the thing that would be needed to maybe turn your entire marriage around you never know. Also, though, I want to encourage you to be wise in who you choose. Don't confide in someone who never liked your spouse in the first place. That won't be a smart move. And don't confide in someone who does not believe what you believe. So if you are a person who truly does not believe in divorce whatsoever and you feel that you've got to turn every rock before you make that decision then make sure that you're with someone who believes the way that you do if you tell someone who's like well I didn't really like the marriage in the first place or I never like him in the first place they're probably not going to encourage you to work to save your marriage So just make sure that whoever you choose to confide in, you know that these are people that will absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, hold you accountable to what you believe. And I was listening to a sermon a few months ago, and the pastor was saying that, don't you dare get a divorce in secret, meaning if you went to if you both went to this church and you got the premarital counseling and that's the person who married you and you got married surrounded by family and friends and all those things and you're not going back to the person who 
gave you all the counseling, you're not talking to your your minister, your pastor, whoever the one that brought you together, like you're not talking to anybody about this decision that you've made. You need to go back. You need to go back because you absolutely should be talking to someone the same way that when we get married, we should ask other people like, well, well, what do you see? Or because I mean, people will give you their opinion all day. They'll say, uh, well, are you sure that you want to be married to this person? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do that? And then we even ask people, well, what do you think about so-and-so? What do you think? Let me know what, what your thoughts are on him. So we, we get the advice of people when we get married. And we should continue to follow that same advice for if we decide that we need to separate. And I see nothing wrong with separation because sometimes you need that separation so that you can appreciate what was there. And sometimes you need that appreciate that separation so that you can just think. And so definitely before any couple ever decides to divorce, uh, there's nothing wrong with separation. Because then maybe you both can get your own counseling. Maybe you both can put some things in perspective. And whatever that underlying current has has been that's kind of caused the problem, then maybe that's something that can be worked on during the separation. So that way when you all do come back together, you are both in a better state than what you were. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There is such a, what, how do I want to say it? There, I don't know, but there, there's just such this, this negative perception about separation. And there's such this big shame, too, about divorce that I think that it keeps us quiet when we are just really, really struggling. Whereas if we had opened our mouth, we probably would have been able to get the help that we needed for us to figure out exactly what it is that we needed to do next. And I do believe that there are a lot of churches that are doing a lot better with focusing on the marriage, like the marriage ministries of the churches. I think that they've gotten a lot better as far as addressing some of the common issues and things that that people go through. And especially as we've got social media and we have all of these other different avenues that people may not have necessarily had to deal with before and all of these are just added things that can cause a distraction in a divorce it could be the downfall to someone in a divorce if they spend too much time on social media if they're on all these kinds of different websites or dating sites or flirting with other people whatever it is I mean social media has been the downfall of some relationships and we all know of at least a few at least and because we tend to follow the lives of people on social media that makes it difficult too because you can be on on Facebook or whatever and you go from single to in a relationship and now Uh, especially for the women everyone's like oh my god congratulations and normally you may only get about 20 likes on a status and six comments and 
all of a sudden you're in a relationship with someone and you get like 250 likes, 500 congratulations. It's crazy the way that people value relationships. So it's like we do all that and then you post that you're engaged and and now it's almost like everyone on your friends list has seen it and everyone's giving you congratulations and hearts and thumbs ups and all those things and now it seems like the only pictures that get likes are the ones with with you and and your significant other and now you're going through a divorce and very rarely do you see a person change their status to divorced on Facebook very rarely do you see it even me when I got divorced I changed my name but I just changed it to my first name and my middle name but that was something that I had done before but to be quite honest I think the time that I had done it before was because I was about sick of my husband and I didn't know (laughs) I was just mad and I was like man forget this let me just put names I like on here but I didn't change my status as a matter of fact because we because we had had problems before and I wasn't sure where it was going to lead I had actually taken my status my status completely off my page and it was private and only I was the only one who could see it so for anyone that was paying attention they pro- they would have never noticed it because that was something that I had changed you know quite some time ago but even still you don't see people changing their status from single engaged married divorced or even people going from engaged to breaking the engagement off you very rarely see people talk about that all all of a sudden you just know that you don't see their pictures anymore and all of a sudden you just know like oh I I don't see them oh they don't seem to talk about them as as much anymore but that's where we are because there's kind of like this shame or this stigma as far as if a relationship seemingly fails in the eyes of someone else or fails in the eyes of other people so I don't know where I was going with this today but again this was part of the reason that that I wanted to create this podcast and that was to talk about things as I go through them in real time as I am processing them in real time and so today's real time was just about the loneliness of divorce and like I said if you are in this place you are absolutely not alone whatsoever and if you're trying to do this alone please don't and make sure that you get the support that you need all right so that's all that I have for you today if you appreciated this conversation there's probably going to be more like this to some extent or another but just make sure that you rate and subscribe and maybe we'll even just kind of delve a little bit deeper actually in the Facebook group so if you would like to have more of these types of conversations but go a little bit deeper then just kind of come on over and join us on Facebook at a letter to my sister podcast and if you just want to follow me to see what in the world I am doing on my day-to-day then 
catch me on Instagram at Takara Renee and you will see all of these in the show notes. And until next time, bye.